We started last week talking about what it means to become. And uh, so we're, we're looking at this idea of God wants us to become something. He wants us to become what his initial idea in creation was. And so we talked about in two weeks ago how God created us to be like him. And so he created us in his image. And so he didn't abandon that plan when man messed up and started to sin and really get away from bearing his image. And so we saw here how this kind of uh, uh, these scriptures that remind us of this idea, kind of more Western Christianity calls it sanctification, Eastern Christianity calls it more theosis. But this idea of becoming like God is throughout the scriptures and two scriptures that really serve as our kind of, um, you know, theme passages for the next several weeks here. Or Romans 8.29 where it says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Second Corinthians 3.18, And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with an ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so we looked at it, and we observed how there's this kind of this, this plan or cycle, if you will, uh, that God created us in his image. And then we saw how Jesus is the image of God, and so when we, get, when we repent and get baptized into Christ, that means we are now participating in this divine nature of God. But then also the Holy Spirit forms us back into the image of Christ, which was God's original intent anyway, that we would become like God. We would be like his character and his likeness. And so this is the background and the setup here from last uh, time we got together, but really for the next several weeks that we're going to be talking about, okay, what does it mean? What does it look like? How does it happen where we can become more godly or better yet, we can become more like God? And so today we're going to be talking about becoming holy. And so if, we're going to, if God has a plan for us to become like him, then part of this plan or what this will look like will us becoming holy. Amen? I said amen. 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 All right, all right. You know what? Things are working here with my laptop. Let me go ahead and get this situated. But becoming holy. First thing that we need to recognize and see is that God is holy. But if we're going to look at God being holy, we need to make sure that we're all on the same page of what is holiness? What does it mean to be holy? Well, the word holiness means to be set apart, to be different, to be sacred, to be of God, or to be righteous. So that's what it means to be holy. And so the way I like to understand this, and I've shared this uh, in our congregation several years ago, is the way I like to understand this is with uh, the, the analogy of Skittles. You see, when the Skittles, these green Skittles, green's my favorite color, but if you were to get all the Skittles right here, we were to get all the Skittles, and we were to put them all by themselves, they became separate. They became useful for a purpose. They became holy. And so this helps us understand this concept of holiness, what it means to be holy when it comes to being a child of God. And so you can go ahead and use this hashtag green Skittles, amen? You can go ahead and use that. It's all good. Don't worry about it. I do have a patent on it, but you can use it, all right? If you're in the church, I'll let you use that, okay? But this is what it means to be holy. So God is holy. 
And we need to understand this, that God is holy. Why? Because God is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. He is the creator. So that alone, his very being is separate. Even though we're made in his image, he is separate from us. He is holy. Therefore, he is worthy of our worship and devotion. Amen? And so we see this in the scriptures, and so God felt the need to go ahead and and remind us of this, and to explain this, and to help us to understand and be able to relate to him. And so we see some scriptures here in Leviticus chapter 11. He says, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. Later on, he says, speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And then in Leviticus 21, he says, consider them holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I who make you holy. And we see this idea here again that God is, he's unique, he's set apart, he's different, he's righteous. But we also know that Jesus is the image of God. And so what would you expect for Jesus to also be what? For Jesus also to be holy. And Jesus is holy in his nature, but also in his lifestyle. Jesus modeled and exemplified what it meant to be holy or to be a holy child of God of God. And we see this here in the scriptures in Hebrews 7. It says, such a high priest who truly meets our need, talking about Jesus, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. And so we see again here that Jesus is holy. But then we go on And we see here from his followers, as they were following him, one of the attributes that came to mind was this idea of holiness. And so in John 6, the guys say, hey, we have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now think about that for a second. These guys have been around him for some time. They're following him. They're they're having dinners. They're traveling together. And one of the first things that comes to mind is, you are holy. Now, if we had people follow you, if we had cameras follow you around for about six months to a year, would the first thing that come to mind is, wow, you are holy. If you follow me around, you'd be like, boy, you are a holy sinner. Does that work? Well, biblically, yes, it does, but we're not going to talk about all that today. And so we see here that, man, that's so incredible when you think about our Lord, that when he was around, the people who followed him, they knew and they observed he is holy. And so, not only was he known to his followers, but even the demons know of his holiness. It says here in Luke 4, 34, demons said, go away. What do you want with this Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Again, Jesus comes as the image of God, so therefore that makes him holy. But his life that he lived was holy not only known to his followers, but also to those who would oppose him. And so we see in our Lord the holiness of God. And so now we have to ask, okay, well, if God is holy, Jesus is holy, the Father is holy, the Son is holy, 
and the Holy Spirit is forming us into the image of Christ, then that means that the Holy Spirit is forming us to become what? Holy. Look at this verse. This was so cool when I came across this verse. Hebrews 10, verse 14. It says, For by one sacrifice, talking about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, which we celebrated earlier. So it says, For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Did you catch that? It says, Being made holy. And so again, this idea that God is forming us into the image of Christ, which is the image of God, means that God is also forming us to be holy. Why? Because God is holy. And that's so amazing that, again, God, as a father spiritually, wants his children to reflect him as well. I know as a dad, I want my kids to reflect me. I want them to be like me, well, at least the good parts of me. Amen? I do hope that they get a little taller than me as well. It was so cool, Jan, that I had to lower the mic for Jan. I was like, I never had to do this before. I was like, Kyle, this is what life is like for you. Wow, this is awesome. That'd probably be my one and only chance in life. But amen, I took advantage of it. Amen. And so we see here again that after, we, we talked about this two weeks ago. God doesn't send us straight to paradise after we get saved. And two reasons. Why? Well, one is evangelism. He wants us to go and help others. But then two, he wants to spiritually form us into his image. And so we see again this process that God has us going through in life. Is that he's refining, he's, he's forming us to make sure that we go back to our original intent. And again, God's attribute, his character is to be holy. So those of us who are saved, meaning we've repented and got baptized, we are now in the process of becoming holy. How does that make you feel? What thoughts come to mind when you realize that God is making you holy, set apart, sacred, sanctified, pure, righteous, of him, different, this is what God is doing in your life. So then the question is, okay, well, that's cool, but how do we become holy? How does this process really work? Well, before we say too much about the process here, we have to understand two things here about this idea of being holy. There's kind of like two stages, if you will. There's a now and there's a yet. You see, when God, when, when we repent and get baptized and therefore we become part of God's holy people, we become part of 1 Peter 2, his holy nation. So therefore, our standing and our relationship with God makes us holy. You guys get what I'm saying? So that's awesome. That's crazy. It's like, whoa, I'm holy just because I'm right with him. But then also, there's this making us holy in our character really making us in our image and likeness and our even personality at some point to become more holy, therefore becoming more like God. I don't know about you, but I was like, man, that's cool. I stand now holy, but I'm also being formed to become more holy, to be like God. 
And this is the privilege, the honor, if you're a child of God, that you're standing right now in holiness, but he's making you holy as well. Church, are you still with me here? Now, there's several ways in which God helps us to become holy. And this is so incredible about God, is that especially when you see it in Christ, you see, a lot of times, what, what, what happened is that uh, in the Old Testament, under the, the Mosaic law, there was all these rituals and laws of what it meant to be ceremonially clean. And so you couldn't touch certain things because that would make you ritually unclean. So if you had something impure, defiled, and you were to touch it or were to get on, it would defile you and make you impure. You guys follow me? But when Jesus comes on the scene, what he does is he actually touches and reaches out and purifies those who he touches. And so he doesn't get defiled or corrupted, but he purifies and makes holy those who he touches. So if you have been touched by Christ, if you are in Christ, he's purified you. He's made you, again, holy in standing and relationship, and now he's continually starting to have this process of making you more and more holy like him. And so you see, God is doing the, the hard work. God is doing the, the most necessary required of the work. He's doing the best of work. But he also calls on us to do some work as well. And we'll hit on that in just a second. But I believe he also sets up a factory and also a means by which we will become holy. And two things, we're, we don't have enough time to have an exhaustive look at this, but we're just going to look at two today, real quickly here. And that is relationships and choices. Relationships and choices. This is how you and I get put into this factory or the means by which God is using to help us to become more holy. Think about this here for a second. Relationships. Many of us think, man, that's the point of contention and the struggle and the source of my sin in my life. Like, man, if I didn't have relationships with some people, boy, I'd be pure and holy, Lord. I get what you're saying, and I understand it, and when I'm not on a good day, I'm thinking exactly like that. But what if there's another way, or maybe better yet, maybe there's the godly way to look at relationships. And what I mean by this is that relationships actually reveal how ungodly we are. Relationships also give us the opportunity to become godly, to become godlike and by having Christ-like behavior. You guys get what I'm saying here? So I know for me, when, uh, when I first uh, became a Christian and then I started living with some brothers, I started to realize yeah, you know, I'm uh, not as spiritual as I think I am. And then when I got married, people would say, hey, Marcel, how's it going in your marriage? Like, first year. And I remember, I said, oh, man, it's great. And then I would follow quickly. But, man, I never realized how prideful and sinful, uh, selfish I am. Now, nothing changed. It wasn't like Karina made me prideful and selfish. I had already been prideful and selfish, but now the context allowed that to be revealed. You get what I'm saying? And so if I didn't have that context, I would still think, oh, I'm pretty good. But that context didn't no more say, you are prideful, you are selfish, we have some work to do. And so that relationship was the means to reveal this to me. It was the factory in which God's like, we have some, we have some work on you. We got to chip away at, at, at what's going on inside your life here. And then I had kids. 
And I thought, I must have arrived already. You gave me kids. And then I realized, boy, I'm still selfish. I still want that last piece of cake. I ain't gonna lie to you. It was just this week I had a piece of cake and I thought Karina must have ate it, so I just ate it. She came home, she's like, what happened to a piece of cake? I was like, huh? I was like, what do you mean? You didn't eat it? She's like, no. I was like, oh, maybe there was a part of my soul that, that knew that. And she was all, she was so discouraged. I was like, man, it was a piece of cake. I said, oh man, now look at me, I'm still selfish. I'm still, I should have asked. And so, praise God, Carrie, I repented. I went over to the store and bought her a piece of cake. You know what I'm saying? In fact, I bought two to make sure I could get some. You know what I'm saying? The Lord's working on me. I'm in the process of becoming holy. He's working on me. But you see, it revealed how ungodly I am, how much I need God, how much I need to grow in holiness, and it gave me an opportunity to grow in holiness. Did you catch that? You see, relationships, when we have the proper view of them, we can see that these are opportunities. This is the avenue. This is, again, the factory where holiness will be produced. But if my view is off, then I'm never going to have that growth. I'm not going to have the right perspective. My attitude is going to be off, so therefore my behavior will be off. And so I need to make sure that I have the right view of things. So, therefore, the relationships in your life, your family, your siblings, your parents, your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, your fellow classmates, your neighbors, the brothers and sisters in your family group, the brothers and sisters here in the church. This is where God is going to show you, but he's going to teach you how to love, how to forgive, how to serve. It's going to help you to understand God in a greater way. God, wow! I can't believe that you deal with sinners the way you do because it's hard for me to deal with these sinners. But it lifts us up and goes, wow, and thank you, but thank you for dealing with me, a sinner. And then it, these relationships are going to teach you how to become more Christ-like. And so we need to have the proper view of relationships. This is what God is doing in our lives through our relationships. And so all of these can be used to make you holy if we view them correctly. Amen. And then secondly, choices. You know, how we become choices. This is our parts in this process of becoming holy. Again, there's this mysterious partnership that God has designed and ordained for there to be in life. Is that he works, but then he calls us to do something as well to be in cooperation with him. And so our part in this holiness process is for us to make choices that align with his will. You see, holy people in God's design, or excuse me, God calls us to be holy. He's making us holy, but he expects and commands us to be holy in our choices. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. He says, as obedient children, that's interesting, he reminds us of our status, who we are in our relationship toward God. He says, you are children, but he says, hey, but as obedient children. He says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, when you didn't know about God, when you didn't know about Jesus. He says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. Again, Peter is referencing Leviticus that we looked at earlier. 
And so what is this a call? What is this a command? That we make decisions to live like our holy Savior, Jesus Christ. And so God is working, God is using, but again, we need to participate by making choices that align with his will. So if I make choices that don't align with his will, guess what I'm doing now? I'm preventing the holiness process from taking place. I'm stopping and preventing God from making me more like him. And what am I doing? I'm becoming more and more like the world. And so we need to make choices to be holy. We can't just go, well, I stand in holiness. That's what the scripture says. That's what you said, Marcel. I said, remember, there's the now and then there's the yet. Hebrews says we are being made holy. We don't want to prevent that process. We don't want to stop that process. We don't want to eject ourselves from the process. We want to work in conjunction with God in the process. And so I want to say this real quickly, you know, that I want to give a quick tip here on what can help you and I to make holy choices. You know, a lot of times we've said this, you said this, I've said this, We'll maybe be in a discussion with someone or we're having an internal discussion and we'll ask the question, is this sin? You ever do that? Or you're talking to somebody, you're maybe you're trying to justify, they're, they're maybe calling you out on something or they're questioning you about something like, well, is that really a sin? Where does the Bible say that's a sin? You did it. I know you have. Because I've done it and I've had conversations with some of y'all and you try to do that, okay? But we've all done that. We ask, is this sin? Here's the thing. That's the absolute worst question you and I can ask. It's the worst question. Because what you've already done now is you've now made it about the letter of the law as opposed to the heart of the law. You become legal. Well, I'm not legalistic. If you ask the question, is this sin, you have become legalistic. Because you're no longer thinking about God and his holiness. You're thinking about what is exactly said and what's not exactly said. Because then I got some wiggle room. Think about this. Is it a sin to smoke crack? Thank you. One person, thanks. Is it a sin to smoke or even sell crack? Uh, show me in the Bible where it says that. Which scripture is there? Is that that Psalm 147,000? No. Is that that Marcel Revelation 22, verse 47,000? No. There's no scripture in the world that would say, hey, you can smoke crack or don't smoke crack. But we would all agree that's a sin. Why? Because the holiness of God reveals that that's not right. And so instead of asking the question, is this sin, we should ask this, is this holy? Is this holy? Because there's a lot of stuff that the Bible doesn't directly to a T address, but it has principles. And there's clarity of the heart of God. Is this holy? Would our Lord Jesus engage in this type of activity? So we have to ask this question, is this holy? Hey, this decision that I'm about to make, is this holy? I'm considering this. Is this holy? What I should wear, is this holy? What I should watch on TV, is this holy? 
Yes, we went there. What I listen to, is this holy? Is it helping me in the process to become more like God, or is it allowing sin to creep in and get mixed in? So again, the question should never, ever be, is this sin? The question should be, is this holy? And as brothers and sisters ask this question of us, we should be humble and say, you know what? That's a good point. Let me consider that. What do you think? What are some biblical principles? And this will allow us to, again, be in step and in cooperation with what the Holy Spirit is doing to make us holy. And so here's the, the question for the hour. Am I becoming holy or worldly? What am I on? What's the trajectory of my life right now? Is it becoming more like God or is it becoming more like the world because of the choices that I'm making? My commitment to either God or to myself or to others. And so we need to ask this question, am I becoming holy or worldly? Am I becoming more like Christ or am I becoming more like the culture around me? And if you're becoming holy, if you're on the answer and you say, yes, you know what? I'm confident God has been making me holy. Then hallelujah, let's rejoice and let's celebrate. But here's the challenge and call then help others to become holy. Don't sit here and don't become self-righteous, but help others to become holy as well. And others of us, we need to decide, you know what, I'm not on that track to, to holiness. I'm on the track to becoming more worldly. Well, if you're visiting here with us today, I want to encourage you here to study the Bible. Study the Bible. See what God's will is for your life. What his will is for you and those around you. And be able to know what a relationship with God is like. Because if we're becoming worldly, we have the opportunity today to turn to God. It's not too late. It's not, oh, I've done so much. I know some people, I've gone so far off, there's no way coming back. That's not true at all. God is calling you today back into his will so that you can become what he's created you to be. And if you remember today and you realize, you know what, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I used to be going toward holiness, now I'm not, get open today. Sit down with a brother or sister before you leave here today and say, hey, you know, can I talk with you? Here's some stuff that's going on and solicit the help that's needed. You see, God has created us to be like him. And being like him means being holy. And holiness is achieved through relationships and choices. Let's close out in Hebrews chapter 10. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Brothers and sisters, I pray that we all may become holy. Amen.